It's the final week of the NFL regular season, so you know what that means. This is your final Blue Rush preview show. It's our show and podcast for the New York Post and SNY. And I don't think I need to really hype this game up. The 5-11 and 11 Giants are pretty much playing for pride and draft position at this point, whereas the Eagles at 11-5 and 5 are trying to get either some sort of momentum going or rest some guys to get ready for the playoffs. But there are still a lot of storylines behind it, so let's intro the rest of the game. Two-time Super Bowl champ Lawrence Tynes is here, and New York Post Giants beat writer Paul Schwartz joins us as well. Fellas, we know how one-sided this matchup has been for years, but the Giants did take them down to the last play at the link just two weeks ago, so there's no telling what could happen on Sunday. Everyone's still going to be locked in, obviously, because there's so much going behind this game, so many storylines, but first and foremost, how you guys doing? Looking good today. Thank you. Yeah, you guys are all looking good, always looking good. Um, yeah, I'm excited to watch this game, like I said on the post-game show. This is going to be maybe a good catapult into the offseason mm. for the Giants, Um there's some turmoil in, in Philly. We can maybe talk about it. I just got done this morning watching all of the press conferences that A.J. Brown had. It mm-hmm. seemed like it went on for two hours. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Yep. And then, um, yeah, he was he was defending himself. Then he was talking at the media. He wanted to meet the guy who wrote a story and ask him a question. So Nick Sirianni was Nick Sirianni. Jalen Hurts, professional as always. Um there's something going on there, right, Paul? There's something there. There's something there. And obviously they're one and four in these last five games. So um, maybe right for the pickings here for the Giants. Yeah, I mean, it, it's amazing. I mean, they were 10 and one and, you know, the number one seed in the NFC, um, you know, they're four and right, one and four in their last five games. The one victory is against the Giants, of course, because the Giants, you know, this this Giants for a decade don't know how to beat the Eagles. But um it will be interesting. Know. You know, this will be interesting to see, um, you know, do the Eagles have that response in them? Um, you know, do the Giants have fight in them? You know, the Giants will have fight. I think they played very hard against the Rams. But you guys know that last game, um, it's going to be weather, right? There could yeah. be a little snow, could be a little rain, it'll be gray. Um, um you know, guys play hard, but no one wants to get hurt in the last quarter yeah. of the last game of the season and have to rehab the whole offseason. You know, it's just it's just a fact of life. So there's a lot of factors that play in these last games. And um, I, and I also, Lawrence, I'm not a believer in, in a catapult at the springboard. I think it would help this team feel good about themselves. I think it means virtually nothing going into next year. But it will help the fans a little bit. Those who aren't obsessed with the draft – it will help the fans to walk out of there. As as Darius Slayton said to me, it would be good if our fans leave not feeling crappy and the Eagles' f- fans leave feeling crappy. Excuse the language, but that's what he said. You know, it's better for them to feel like crap than for our fans to feel like crap. And, you know, I think that was a very appropriate word for what has happened a lot this season. This is a was P- he excusing P- the word? He was excusing crappy? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's a P- like, this, we're, we're ready. Yeah, we're, we're he, PG-13. He wasn't, he, he wasn't, He's too I nice am. of a guy sometimes. No, no, he, he wasn't. He wasn't. I I, I, I'm, I was on the If he would have said but, shitty, then maybe you excuse the language. Yeah. Come on, Slayton. <laughs> it just you know, shows you know, I still don't. I still haven't entirely um, transitioned from – newspaper print to 
you know, tweeting to podcasts about what can be said and what can't be said. Put it this way. If a player uses the F-bomb in a quote to me, I would never tweet that. You know, I would use dashes, but a lot of people do. And a lot of people say, you're crazy. You know, he said it. What do you care? It's Twitter. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm old school, but, uh, you yeah. know, I'm also a little bit older. So. Still got some classy people in the media. I absolutely love it, Paul. You used to stay classy, San Diego. Uh, Paul, you were in the locker room. Obviously, lots have uh, come out of the locker room. A lot of storylines coming out of that. Obviously, Saquon Barkley spoke. Sterling Shepard spoke. Both guys who could potentially, could potentially be playing their last game in a Giants jersey on Sunday. Before you go into that and talk about the vibe of the locker room, what, what you've seen this week, is this a team that looks like they're ready to go to Cancun? or is this a team that looks like they're dialed in and they're ready to play spoiler for the Eagles? Well, I, I think I said last week, you can feel a difference. You know, once it's mathematical elimination, you can feel a difference in the locker room. Um, there's fewer players in there. Um, the ones that are in there are not 100% engaged in breaking down the game with you. I mean, they will, but you can just tell there's a difference. You, you know, I mean, Lawrence, you've been lucky. You haven't been in a lot of locker rooms where, you know, you were out of it with nothing to play for. But this um, is a difference. Um, you know, I think they're fairly healthy. Um, I'm not sure about Deontay Banks this week. Um, um, you know, he didn't practice on Wednesday. That was just a walkthrough. I think he'll be uh, a 50-50, probably uh, down to the last minute situation, uh, which is important because, um, you know, he's one of their better players. You'd like to see him play their last game, you know, um, in his rookie year. Um, other than that, it's, you know, the vibe is definitely, you know, a, a lot of guys know it's their last game for the Giants. They have a long laundry list of free agents. So a lot of them know they won't be back. You know, a lot of them know that's just the way it is. Um, you know, it was interesting that on Wednesday, that's traditionally, you guys know, that's traditionally quarterback day, right? Starting quarterback day. And um, Saquon Barkley held court. We don't know what's going to happen with him for next year. Sterling Shepard held court. We know he won't be back, that his career is likely over. Um, other players spoke, but Tyrod, I think, was ready to talk, and no one really, you know, hovered around his locker. He'll probably talk on Thursday. So that's that's the way, you know, a season ends, where the starting quarterback is not – you know, mobbed from the media to talk because it's just not that important anymore. The biggest thing coming out, obviously, Saquon Barkley. You, you were there with the scrum. Uh, kind of break down. We, we, we've heard what he said, but can you kind of break down what was his demeanor like when he talked about his future with the Giants, when he talked about this possibly being his last game? Because he's media savvy. That guy knows what to say. He's really good at, at that. But in terms of demeanor, when he said these words, what what did you feel or what did you think he was feeling emotionally when he was talking about what could possibly be his last game at MetLife Stadium as a New York Giant? Well, did you guys notice? I'm not going to read too much into it, but I will mention it. You know, you, you the black hoodie was back, right? Worn, wearing, you know, he was wearing his black hoodie, which he wore um, often during his darkest times, you know, with the Giants, with the injuries the and things. Mm, interesting. Yeah, he'd be sitting in his locker, the hoodie, and I remember thinking, what happened to Saquon? You know, I mean, this is, you know, he was like a broken guy because he was hurt and he was yeah. frustrated. Um, he was not that yesterday. He was, you know, much more introspective about it. But you read the quotes, right? I mean, you know, he brought up, does a fresh start cross my mind? I guess anybody, when you look at the season, the way it went, I feel everybody would want a fresh start, you know? And he said, not saying somewhere else, but just a clean slate, clean slate, fresh start. You know, these are, these are, you know, these are buzzwords, right? Um, he wants to be back. 
Um, the Giants haven't said or, or haven't decided right now he's definitely not coming back. But um, I don't see how a contract would work. Um, you know, he did not help himself this year. Um, I'll be interested to see what two former players, you know, think about this. You know, I think it, it's a lot to discuss here. Um, Saquon was talking about, you know, when I came here, you know, he talked about, you know, sometimes teams get in, um, you know, bad ways, you know, bad patches. And it ha it was before me. He mentioned it was before me. And you want to be one of the players to be here when we come out of it. Um, we haven't, you know, I haven't been able to do it. And I'd like to be here, but, you know, I don't know if I will. I don't know if he will either. Times, I'd love to get your thoughts, man, not only as, as a former player, but also from the media side of it as well. Because I remember kind of going back when, when Saquon got hurt, injured uh, earlier this year, we were talking about how you, you guys, before, you know, I, I came on Blue Rush, there were a lot of games where you were like, you can't speak on Saquon because he wasn't available. He was hurt. So from the media side of it and the, and the former player side of it, what did you take from Saquon's remarks? You know, there's a lot to unpack there, but I, but I think, you know, listen, the reality is he's 24 and 48 and one as a player for the Giants. He's losing two games for every game he wins. I mean, that's just kind of what you're going to remember about Saquon's tenure, six years as a Giant, if he's no longer a Giant, is supreme talent, but um, weren't able to put a team around him to, you know, consistently win football games. Um, classy guy, uh, obviously stand-up guy. He's still young, yep. but, you know, we've all seen what, what the running back market is. We just saw a second-year player carve up the Giants uh, last weekend for the Rams uh, for cheap, um, and that's kind of what they'll probably start to think with Derek Gray or someone else they maybe like in, in the draft or free agency, but um, the dollars are just not going to be there from this organization. There's too many other needs on the offensive line in particular uh, to go spend money on Saquon, which, you know, saddens me a little bit because I really appreciate how he's handled things. And I would really like to see this team turn it around with him as part of the solution. But um, I don't get the feeling that's going to be the case. I really don't. I don't think the Giants are are going to, you know, open up the checkbook, so to so to speak, uh, what do you make? Almost eleven million, ten something this year. They're not going anywhere near that number yep. next year, and and I'm sure it would take at least that in a multi-year deal with with some signing bonus to keep him here. Um, but I'll remember him as a pro. I mean, he this guy is supremely talented. Has been hit by the injury bug a little bit, um, but always handled himself with unbelievable class. Like he's been through a lot. I mean, this guy has been through a lot of coaches. A lot of bad offensive line play, and so you just wish the best for him. But, uh, you know, it'd be a little bit sad this weekend watching him play and obviously Sterling Shepard. So, um, but yeah, he's he deserves the best. So hopefully he can go somewhere, maybe, you know, on a decent deal and, and have some success in the playoffs. Yeah, I remember Saquon, the, the first time that he showed up at MetLife Stadium. It was the day after he was drafted uh, in that first round. We did the draft party at MetLife. They, he pulls up in a, in a golf cart with security, you know, dapped him up and all. Me and Madeline Burt kind of did the interview with him, with the fans, and instantly fans gravitated towards him like you see him do during, uh, dur during pregame, go sign autographs, kiss the baby, that sort of thing. And you just realize how good of a guy, you know, he's been for this team and all but on the other side of it and I'm removing the Giants affiliation that I have from that I want to see him go win 
I want to see him. You, you, you talked about his win-loss record. Here's a guy that I still think has juice in the tank, and I think that he'd be great on a Baltimore Ravens or one of the Kansas City Chiefs, a team that already has it in place that could use a veteran presence, a veteran running back that could come in and kind of go along with what they already have, the system that's already in place for that. I'm surprised that they didn't trade him at the trade deadline to try and get something for him. Uh, Paul, can you kind of explain if the Giants still have his rights? Like, because he just he can't just walk in in that sense, right? So the Giant, because of that, he has to be tagged or signed to trade and all that. Can you break that down for us? But if this is a guy I would like to see go and have some sort of real success, unless that Joe Shane and Brian Dable convince him that hey, if we tag you again next year, we can guarantee you that we're going to put around the offensive line behind you. We're going to have more playmakers. Uh, uh, around you in the, in the in the offense, and I'm going to have a, a, a real RB two to spell you. To so at the end of the year, you're not getting all these carries and this wear and tear on your body. But Paul, can you kind of break? Who has the leverage in this sense when it comes to Saquon Barkley if he did want to leave the New York Giants? Well, he's he's a free agent. You know, he will be a free agent for the first time in his career. You know, he broke mm. it down pretty well, Saquon. He said, if "You're a first round pick, right? They sign you for four years." They can put the fifth-year option on you. Then they can tag you in your sixth year. Then they can tag you in your seventh year. So if you're a first-round pick, you can't go anywhere for seven years if, if, you know, if that's what the team wants to do. That's just reality. That's not the Giants. That's just reality. Um, he, he'll be a free agent. You know, I mean, I mean they, you know, he, he, he really requested – the only thing he really requested was transparency. Look, at my exit meeting, I want to go up there. I want to talk to Joe. And I want, you know, Joe Shane, the GM, and I want to say, what's the deal here? Do you want me? Do you not want me? Not that they're going to negotiate a deal on the spot, but we'll be in contact with your representative or, you know what, Saquon, um, you know, maybe it's time you start looking at where and, you know, we'll see. You know what I mean? Um, is he going to get a lot on the open market? You know, you mentioned other teams, good teams, right, that have everything in place. You know, those teams that have everything in place probably don't have great cap situations because yep. they have a quarterback they're playing a lot of money they have a defensive end they're playing paying a lot of money so you know sure bringing in a saquon barkley would be great but at what price that's the key the giants aren't throwing saquon out the door they're saying we don't know if we're going to value you money wise the tag next year they could simply tag him it will be uh like 12.1 million for next year he doesn't want that because he wants you know more money uh more guaranteed money i don't think the giants want to do that because they don't want to get take $12 million off their cap next year on a running back who turns 27 on um, early February. You know what, guys? I could unquestionably do a devil's advocate point-counterpoint for they have to keep him, and here's why. Listing a crappy offensive line, listing, you know, instability (laughs) at quarterback, all the times he's been hit in the backfield. And I could give you a counterpoint that it's time to move on. He'll be 27. He's struggling to get 1,000 yards. Um, you know, so look, that's the business. It's it's a rough business, but um, I think Saquon will do fine. And have you guys seen the list of a potential free agent running backs next year? No. Who's your top three to five? Okay. You think DeAndre Swift will get some money on the open oh. market? Okay. He's on his rookie deal with the Lions. Okay. Derrick Henry will be a free agent. A lot of mileage. He'll be in a league somewhere, right? Dalvin Cook, a complete bust with the with the Jets. He'll be a free agent. Um, Tony Pollard. Don't forget there were guys on the franchise tag. Tony Pollard, Josh Jacobs, all available. Austin mm. Eckler. You know, so, you know, Saquon in that mix is a really good player, but 
Um, you know, Jonathan Taylor set kind of a new standard, don't we think, right? You know, he got a good deal, yeah. three years, uh, $42 million, an average of 14 a year. But the guarantee was $26.5 million. That's what the guarantee is. So, mm. you know, mm. Saquon was offered a guarantee of about $23 million last year, okay? Um, has Saquon ever had a season as good as Jonathan Taylor had two years ago? Ever? I don't 1800, think so. um, 1,800 rushing yards, 18 touchdowns. Has Saquon ever had a season as good as that? No, no, no. but he no. had he had 90-something catches his, his, his rookie year. So you add he, that to, the, to what he rushed for. Yes. Okay, so let me ask you, as former players, right, going into your seventh year, you think you have a good case if you go to the team and say, but look what I did my rookie yeah. year. <laughs> right? Look what no, I did my No, because contracts are year. paying you for future performance. That's yeah. what a contract is. Yeah. It's paying yeah. you for future performance. You have to say, do the Giants see potential here, right? And all we've seen is obviously some injury history and, you know, a little bit of lack of production. And, uh, you know, you mentioned Swift as a running back. I, I think teams knock running backs down a little bit, obviously, because he's playing in front of a – the greatest offensive line in the game. Yep. Um, I think Saquon would look very similar to him behind that offensive line. There's no doubt about it. Uh, Josh Jacobs intrigues me a little bit. Um, I just like his running style. Um, I really do like him. I think he would be a little bit of an upgrade um, over Saquon if they were to go that route. But, um, you know, he's 84 yards away from 1,000 yards this year, right? Hopefully he gets that Sunday. Yeah. I think that would be a nice feather in his cap to finish four of the six seasons here with over a thousand yards. Um, so we'll see, uh, you know, he's been a hot button topic for a while here, especially with the money, but the money's not going to be there. That's the reality of it. The The giants are not going to go to 12 million. They're not going to, I don't even think they'd go to eight maybe Yep. for him. If he wants to stay, he's going to have to take a Supreme discount and say, this is my giant for life op- opportunity. I've got all these deals in town, right? off the field money, things like that. I love New York. My family's from around here. Um, but, you know, sometimes in your career you have to do that, and that's okay because they're going to bring someone else in to help, and maybe it's Eric Gray, to help take some of the load off of him. Uh, you know, you can't pay him $8 million a year and run him 31 times a game like they were doing, you know, early in the season. That That's when you start raising your eyebrows a little bit, like, hey, I didn't sign up for this. But, you know, 15 carries a game, something like that, leadership in the locker room, you – you will pay a certain dollar amount for that, but it's not going to be $10 million. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'll, I'll tell you yep. what, now that you mentioned uh, Swift and if he goes and gets his money somewhere, if that exit meeting with Joe Shane and Saquon Barkley doesn't look like there's a path to bring him back in, I see him going to Philly. Now that you said that, I see him going to Philly behind that offensive line and taking a, a deal that may be up to $8 million, but incentive-based. Uh, Paul, go ahead. I, I, I cut you off. No, no. I think I cut you off. Um, you know, I mean, 
it, it, it's just very complicated with him because, you know, you know, he could conceivably, you know, he, he was the Walter Payton man of the year rep nominee last year. He is this year. He could win it. You know, you know, I mean, every team nominates somebody, but there's a few favorites every year. You know, Eli was a favorite, you know, um, 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 what, you know, um, um, uh, when he, you know, when he, he made, you know, um, uh, J.J. Watt, when he, 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 you know, raised millions of dollars for relief. Right. Um, you know, he was, yeah. you know, Saquon could really win it this year. And you imagine him that week of the Super Bowl winning the Walter Payton Man of the Year award, which is just a, a huge award in your league. Um, and he doesn't have a team. You know what I mean? You know, I mean, and he doesn't have a team. But but, you know, we know he's a great player. You know, we know he's a great guy. We know he's a great guy. That is that is unquestioned that he's a terrific guy. Um, I just don't know. You know, Saquon said, well, it's not up to me. Well, it is up to him to some degree. Um, you know, I think he and his team, his management team, misread the market last year and and should have taken what the Giants offered because now he would he would be guaranteed 12 million for next year as well. You know what I mean? So I think they misread the market. Will they read the market correctly this year with all these free agents saying, you know, am I going to get a lot more elsewhere than I will from the giants? Or yesterday was the first time when I listened to Saquon, I thought in my head, he is considering leaving because he thinks it might be better for him. You know what I mean? That, that I've done everything I can to try to win here. It's not working. Um, they're not going to pay me a ton of money. I could probably get the same money elsewhere. And as you said, Lawrence, go to uh, the Eagles. Go to or uh, you. You said Brandon. Go to a different team and start fresh. Um, I, I think that's a real thought in his head right now. I don't think the money's going to be there in free agency. To be honest, yeah. I really don't. I just don't. I just don't see it. Like you said, there's too much supply in the market. Uh, you mentioned all these running backs that are free agents. I just don't see the demand. Um, for for a guy, you know, he's a good player. Not great anymore. He's a good player. Um, I just, you know, I don't, I don't think there's going to be a huge demand for his services. To be honest, well, if you if you can't get the money, you got to go to where you're going to win. So that puts all these True. other like the Ravens yeah. and the Chiefs and the Eagles. That puts those teams in play because obviously, like you said, great job uh, mentioning his record. What as a Giant, but now at the end of the day, you just want as many victory Mondays as you can get especially when you're on the other side of father time when it comes to your time uh, in the NFL. All right, 84 yards for him to get 1,000 yards. The Eagles coming into town. They came down to the last game. The Eagles can win the NFC East with the win and the Cowboys loss. Nick Sirianni has kind of not ruled out potentially resting players. I don't. You're shaking your head, Paul. Do you think he comes up here and he's looking for blood? Uh, I mean, I don't know what the heck Nick Sirianni is talking about half the time. Resting. First of all, the Cowboys and Commanders play the same time as the Giants, yeah. right? So what is Sirianni going to be looking up at the scoreboard and saying, oh, the uh, Commanders went ahead, uh, take out the left tackle. Oh, the Cowboys went ahead, put them back in. I mean, do we think the Commanders are going to beat the Cowboys? We don't, but stranger things have happened. If the Commanders upset the Cowboys and the Eagles beat the Giants, the Eagles are the division champions, right, and, and, and get a home game. I mean, we talked about the Eagles being 10 and 1. You know, I always look at it sometimes from a selfish point of view. If I have to go cover playoff games once the Giants aren't in it, I just take a drive south on the turnpike and cover the Eagles, right? It's great. I don't have to get on a plane. And for years, it would be like, 
I can just go cover two games at the link because they, they have the home field advantage. They're going to be the five seed and have to go on the road. So what is, I, I don't, you know, what is he talking about? He's not going to bench players or limit players. I mean, I, I just don't see that at all. He's playing for a division title. What are the chances, though, that Washington beats Dallas? Like, and I know the Cowboys stink on the road, but come on. The, 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 the commanders melded in weeks ago. They're yeah. horrendous. Yeah. Yeah. I think the Cowboys... Go in there. I mean, you may see in the first half, he looks up, he goes, holy cow, they're up 28 to 7. Uh, okay. You know, they're not okay. losing this one. And then maybe you make an adjustment at the halftime uh, because it doesn't change your position one way or the other. It's still Giants-Eagles, uh, you know, which I think he respects, right? He loves kind of rubbing it in our face a little bit. They, they own us and beat us. And um, But, again, this team has been reeling 1-4 in their last five. Yep. He needs to find something. So I don't know that you can sit the starters, maybe in the second half, yeah. go out there, play Jalen, play A.J. Devontae, I think, is banged up. But I think you got to go out there with your your, your first, first string guys and, and get to work and see if you can find something. Um, because it's not a guarantee against this Giants defense that you're going to find, you know, some consistency. Uh, you know, so we'll see. I, I do think we see the starters for sure. I just don't know for how long. They need that consistency and they need that chemistry back again. I mean, we were talking a little bit off camera before we got on the show. We talked about A.J. Brown's, I guess, stand-up comedy special on Netflix because he spent so long at his locker Man, it was a long time. making up for lost time because at first he didn't want to talk the last couple of weeks, but now he wants to talk and he had himself his own podcast, should have had a podcast at his locker room. But you can see how... You know, he's kind of trying to own things in a way. And then he's saying, like, Nick Sirianni jumped on that grenade for us. But you can see there's something there in terms of they don't and, – and when the when the reporters aren't there and they're in that offensive meeting room and they're having just a players-only meeting, there may not be any finger-pointing going on, but there's a lot of guys like, hey, we need to step it up in our position group. We need to be more consistent in our position group. And we need to come, come together and help our defense. I think this offense finally real, realized after going 10-1 – Defense ain't that nice. Defense is not that good. So last year, with the defense being so strong, that offense was allowed to kind of do what they want. They controlled the tempo. They ran the ball. They took shots when they want. Now they have to be somewhat methodical. They've got to kind of hold the ball, keep their defense off the field. They've got to kind of, in that sense. So that their offense has now had to completely shift and change its identity. And I believe it's kind of caught their, their offense off guard in a way. And now guys were not feeling like, oh, I'm not getting the ball. Or we're not punching in. The, we're not getting in the end zone as much as we did. When you're not having as much fun as you did last year on that run, and now you feel like you're kind of equal to the teams that you're playing, that's going to hit you. And that's why I see A.J. Brown and those guys being frustrated. But on Sunday, I, they have to get going. And like you said, times this Giants defense, they could really play spoiler. They could really mess things up and mess up their momentum going into the first round of the playoffs. Well, they don't have much, right? They've lost four out of five. That's we need crazy. our two best players on the D-line to show up. Dexter and, and Kayvon have to come in and play well. Um, I was doing some stat diving, which you guys know I love doing. Um, and it's not always for good stats. I'm looking for bad stats, too. Um, who do you want to beat in your division? All of them, right? You want to yeah. win games where? In your division. Dallas, Philly, and Washington. Okay, I'm going to give you two numbers here. Actually, I'm going to give you many numbers. But Kayvon Thibodeau, six games against Dallas and Philly. Zero sacks. What's our record? 0-6. Mm. 
Dexter Lawrence. Okay, here's another one. This is what I'm talking about. Ten games against Dallas. How many sacks do you think Dexter has? Zero. Hey. Ten games. He has eight games against Philly, two sacks. Oh, by the way, the last time he had a sack against Philly, we won that game. It was in 2020. So, but then you flip it around. How many sacks does Tavon have against Washington? Five and a half. He's 3-0-1. Same with Dexter. Four and a half sacks, 7-2-1 in 10 games. Dexter and Kayvon do nothing against these two teams. The two teams that have been beating your face in, and I'm not saying a sack is going to lead to a win, Yep. but it's pretty pretty measurable here in stats that when you get one, there's a better chance you are going to win. Those two guys need to have – someone needs to get home against this offensive line. If you're an all-pro like like we all think you are, Dexter, you got to get home. Kayvon, you've got to get home once or twice. I don't think we've had any sacks – in the last four or five games, we've actually played Philly, at least not from those two guys. So um, I'm still looking for production, right? I know it's the last game. Everyone's ready to go home in Cancun and St. Bart's and go hang out with Bezos down there on his big yacht. Um, but I am still looking for production yeah. from these guys because yeah. beating Philly's a big deal. Beating Philly's a big deal, and this is going to be a playoff team. We know that. So uh, got my eyes squarely on those two guys. Go make a play. Someone's got to make a play. Well, and also, it, it, you can pad your stats. You know what I mean? There's nothing yeah. wrong with, you know, Kayvon has kind of been stuck on 11.5 sacks. And, you know, he wants For to go time. in the offseason, right, get a couple, get a few more. You know, I mean, it, it's not even selfish. It's just, yeah, like, this is my last chance to, to, to put up some things. Look, last year after the season, um, to, you know, good, re- really good regular season, victory in the playoffs in, in Minneapolis. Uh, they get annihilated in Philly. Joe Shane said, we have to close the gap in our division. It starts in our division. We have to close the gap, right? They are the, the Shane Daybowl regime is 0 and 8 against the Eagles and the Cowboys. Okay, 0 and 8 um, against the Cowboys. The Cowboys scored 89 points against the Giants last year. Uh, this this year, which is the most they've ever scored against the Giants in a season. So there has been no gap closing against the the Cowboys. Uh, the Eagles and Giants have played some close games, but. I don't consider that gap closing. Gap closing is beating them. So um, they have failed in that regard. You know, I mentioned that to um, Brian Dable the other day about the, and, and he said, well, we were um, um, one, four and one last year in the division and we have a chance to be three and three this year. Um, OK, but first of all, they were one, five and one last year. He wasn't counting the playoff loss to the Eagles. And they can be three and three in the division if they beat the Eagles, right? Let's not, you know, if they beat yeah. the Eagles, they'll yeah. be three and three. But they're two and zero oh against the Commanders. Mm-hmm. Last year they were one zero oh and one against the Commanders. Okay, and as I wrote the other day, or as I, I, I'll, I'll put in the paper this weekend, um, since when is beating the Commanders the litmus the litmus test and the bar for anything? Right. Oh, we yeah. can beat the commanders. OK, good. That's like, you know, Lawrence saying, um, you know, I hit a, a 25 yard field goal. OK, it's not easy to do, but you're supposed to do it. Right. There you go. There you go. Right. Uh, I, I know. Better than let me say flex chip, on him. I know better than to say chip shot around Lawrence. We've had arguments about chip shot. Yeah, that's before. the stupidest word ever. And Jim Nance the loves it, shot. by the way. Him and him yeah, and yeah, Buck yeah. and Aikman. And they did. They, 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 that's right. And, and, and people have written and said. And then um, after the drive stalled at the six yard line, 
you know, on an Eli Manning overthrow, Lawrence Tynes came in to hit a chip shot 29-yard field goal. Mm. You don't like that, do you? You don't like that no. chip shot. I've written it before. No. No. There's too many moving no. parts for it to be a chip shot. <laughs> if I was out it there also, with my little holder, if I was out there with my little holder pregame, nobody's rushing, I don't have to worry about snapper hold, that's a chip shot. In the game, large, you know, we've seen, listen, career. we've seen the Giants not make a field goal routine this year. Right? Yeah. There's been a lot of, so, a lot I, of problems. I'll get so. off topic here, but a lot of times in your career, the team was settling when you came. You know, it's always been, and the Giants had to settle for a Lawrence Tyne field goal. And you're like, yeah, yeah. Settle? This is what I do, right? Yeah. Right? How many times? Oh, the or Giants like, screwed up in the red zone again. They had to settle for a field goal. Sorry, Lawrence. We're like first like. responders. You know, certainly not putting myself in what they do. That they're very brave and but yeah, we just we come in, you know, when they fail. Kickers and punters come in when yeah. the offense fails. Uh so, you know, you can rarely get a low five or whatever from the guys as you're coming onto the field from the guys that are coming off. I think I tried that early in my career. Let me give these guys a little low five. They're like, get the hell out of the way, kicker. Uh, so I started coming in from a different angle. I don't even want to see those guys because then they're going to give me some bad juice, bad energy, right? They're mad. Eli's, Eli's kind of doggone in it. And then, uh, you know, and it's why uh, Tom Quinn used to say all the time, he didn't really like quarterbacks ever as a holder. Um, and he had a great reason because they just failed the play before. You don't want that guy going back there holding, right? Is he really focused in on the play? Mm. Um, so I always thought that was really yeah. smart of yeah. Tom Quinn. He told me that, you know. So random, random information for all of you out there. Wow, that's what that's what makes Blue Rush great. And obviously, this Sunday we don't want this game to come down to the kicker, obviously for the Giants or or the leg. I that wouldn't the mind it. Have. Just keep it inside of of the damn stadium zip code, not 54 <laughs> yards from East Rutherford, not Rutherford. Like, keep it in East Rutherford. Yeah, we got to keep Rutherford. it inside. Yeah, we, we got to be. I, I near talked closer. to uh, Mason Crosby the other day. Okay, delightful. I was going to say young. Did you man. tell him that um, Lawrence Tynes looks way younger than you do? Did you tell him that? He has a lot of, he has a, a scruffy, you know, scruffy growth. He's got a lot of gray up there. But you know what? I asked Well, he's him, been said, gray his me, whole career, so that's not that's yeah, not okay. I, I said, let me ask you, Mason, if this is a stupid question, okay? But this, you've had like almost 400 field goals with the Packers. Did it feel different kicking a field goal in a different uniform? And he said, no, it's not a stupid question because it, we went out in warm-ups and we were wearing red tights. We were wearing red tights that day, right? You know, in, in um, um, you know, last week, you know. Uh, oh, in Philly. You know, it, it, yeah, so he's wearing no, no. I mean, um, his well, yeah, in Philly, right? He's wearing red tights. So for, for his first, you know, field goal, and he said, yeah. I looked down. I'm like, whoa, that's a bright color. He, I, he said he's never worn red in his life, in his career. You know, high school, college. He said he's never worn red. So he looked down. And he said, whoa, those are really red tights. You know, and then he said, I felt good. Then I hit a 52 yarder. You know, I felt good about that. But uh, it was just funny. He said, you know beforehand when you look down he said the uniform just looked different and felt different so once you go out there you got to concentrate on the operation and everything like that it, it's it's you know um yeah i mean it'd be nice to see him kick a you know a quote unquote chip shot field goal to win the game and not a 54 yarder in bad conditions yeah all right, let's get into these yep. over-unders and these predictions. Uh, I took these numbers from the last game two weeks ago. Uh, we'll start with the over-under for Giants passing yards. 186 yards is what they threw for Paul over-under this week. I'm going to say under. Um, you know, I think the Eagles, 
Oh, it's not. It's not you didn't say 150. Um, I'm going to say under. I, I just, I know, you know, Tyrod has a, a you know, a, a good ability to get the ball down the field. Um, I just think, you know, Philly's going to be really, really interested in pressuring the quarterback and things like that. Um, um, you know, these last games are kind of funky. I'm going to go under. Tines. I'm going to go way over. Yeah. Uh, Tommy Cutlets is not going to play in the first half. Last time I checked, 55 yards passing, averaged like one point yard, 1.2 yards per target. Tyrod Taylor came in and threw for 133 yards just in that half alone. So, uh, you know, I did go to Troy. We've talked about my math skills. Uh, so that times two is 266. Uh, sprinkle in a couple of touchdowns. Voila, we're way over that number. Yeah, I'm so going to go over. over. I'm going to go over on this one as yet uh, as well. We've talked about get right games, get back games. If you're a receiver on this Giants teams, this is a get yours game. If I get one to two catches, I'm trying to take it for hundred. You got to get yak, whatever it is you have to do. Tyrod throws you a deep ball. You get that 50-50 ball. You got to come down with it, and that will that will add up. And to beat the the Eagles this game, you got to throw for over 225. I feel like so I'll go over on this one. Giants rushing yards. They ran for 106 last game. Mm. Tines over under. I'm going to go under here. Um, I think we're going to spread it out more uh, with Tyrod and, and get some of these young guys the ball. I expect Sterling Shepard to maybe get a little bit of an extended amount of playing time so we can get him a catch, yep. get him a standing ovation, which he deserves. Uh, so I'm going to go under on the rushing. Paul? Um, I'm going to go over because um, I think Tyrod will run for some yards. You know, he's a better runner than uh, DeVito. So, you know, uh, Tyrod gets 20, 30 yards. That decreases what Saquon has to get. Um, 106 is not a, a high bar to cross. So I'm going to say over. Really quick, does Saquon get his 84 to get to his 1,000 times? Uh, yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Yes. I'll say yes. Paul? Yes, yeah, let's let's there's all good tidings in the new year, right? Yeah, let's give him give him give yeah. him some yards. Yeah. All right, let's yeah. get him in the styles and uh Eagles passing yards. They threw for 295, Paul, over under. I'm going to go under Ooh. here. Um DeVonta Smith, I don't think he's going to play. He's got a mid-ankle sprain. You know, that's a big help to the Giants. Um um as we see AJ Brown who's coming off, you know, is is finishing up an incredible season and had a lot to say about it. I think he'll be very motivated. Um but, you know, going against one is better than going against two um um i think um you know and 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 plus i mean they may you know uh, as lawrence said if if, if the the commanders are losing badly and the eagles you know have a decent lead he may start taking some guys out because he knows he has to play the next week and you don't need jalen hurts turning an ankle in the fourth quarter of a game so um i would say uh, under 295 passing times yep not up in here not gonna happen in MetLife. it's not happening no way uh, I think they get after them. Like you said, there's going to be some players not play in the second half. I really believe that. I think they'll start taking guys out, putting guys in. So way under for me. I think the Giants have their best game in the secondary. Yeah, I'll go under as well. I really like what the Eagles do with their RPO, especially against the Blitz last time that they played. But, again, I think depending on how the game flows and how that Cowboys-Commanders game goes, I think they just run the ball and try to get up out of there. Plus, it's supposed to be, I guess, it's flurries of snow and, and slush and all that. So just I think mm. they're just going to want to run the ball get up out of there. Uh, Eagles rushing. They ran for a buck seventy two weeks ago over under Tynes. Yeah, I'm going to say under. I just think it like it's this is that week 18 game that they don't really need and no one's really playing with that kind of energy and passion. Um they're always weird games like Paul said a bunch of times today. I think they're under that. 
So, no. I'm going to go over. It's a high number Ooh. because, uh, first of all, Lawrence, be careful exactly. talking about how MetLife, MetLife, MetLife. I mean, there's going to be 20,000 Eagle fans there. You know, there's going to be a lot of there's going to be a lot of Eagles. You know, Eagles score a touchdown. You're going to be hearing fly Eagles fly. Oh, you're going to be hearing. Uh, well, I understand that, but you, you're going to hear it because there's going to be a lot of Eagles fans there. Um, I just think, you know what, another thing about these Week 18 games, the tackling. The tackling mm. is always something to watch. You know what I mean? I'm not saying guys are dogging it, but the tackling is always something to watch. And I think because of that, there's going to be some – Ooh, how do you get out of that? That shouldn't have. That should have been a six-yard gain. Now it's a thirty-yard gain. So I think they can get over one seventy because of that tackling in these last games. Sometimes is some guys want to do it, and some guys are you know mm, I don't feel like separating my shoulder on this play. Uh, that's a great point. Can't go to Cancun with a sling on your arm. Uh, I'm gonna go under on this one, but just by <laughs> oh yes you can. Oh, yes you can. <laughs> You're gonna get a farmer's tan with the sling, but hey you still. You can just, you know, you can just have it in the sling. I'm gonna go under on this one, but I think they you still. You only have to drink with one hand, Brandon, yeah, right? True. You can drink with Paul. one hand. Very right? much so. Yeah. Very much so. You don't have to drink with two hands. What are you? You're drinking a, a cold keg by yourself with two hands. Depends on what kind of night it is. If you want to drink with two, go ahead. But yeah, most of the time, one gets the job done. All right, I would go under on that one. Uh, Tines, you already went. Okay, total points. 41 and a half, Paul, you go, I'll go, and then times you up. Well, Paul, you go, and then throw in your prediction, I'll go, and then times you kick us home. 41 and a half is the total points where the line is right now, Paul. I'm going to say over. Um, You know, it's not a high number. And, um, you know, like I said, loose loose (laughs) tackling, a couple of plays here and there, maybe a a turnover. So I'm going to say over. Um, I don't think the Giants win. Um, I don't think, you know, I just think the Eagles have to, establish something and look good for the playoffs and um is this my last comment or are we coming back to me afterwards is this it uh just go ahead and wrap us up because we'll let times okay. uh, kick I, us I, I will just say uh sterling shepherd it'll be his last game for the giants um certainly um um probably his last game of his career he mentioned that um sterling did mention i'm um, two catches away from fifth on the all-time list he's at 369 Ooh. uh jeremy Shockey's at 371 um I think they'll get to try to throw him. They try to throw it to him last week. He dropped it. He was ticked off about that. So it'd be nice to Sterling to get his two catches, uh, finishing a tie with uh, Shockey. Do something, uh, get an ovation, and I'll bring you guys a little. I know I'm going long here, but I'll give you guys a little tear to your eye kind of thing. He, I asked him about would it be important for you to get another catch or another touchdown. He said, "I just want to run through that tunnel." One last time, mm. it's the best thing in the world. Mm. And he said he was he was sitting in his locker and everyone could leave. Everyone was packing up and leaving on Wednesday. Had their coats on. They're done for the day. And Sterling said, I don't want to go. I'm just going to stay here. I'm going to try to play another ping pong game if somebody wants. If someone wants to watch some tape, I'll go watch tape. He says, I don't want to go anywhere, but take this all in for the last few days. So, right, that 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 brings you back, right? You can't. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's you know. Look, it's not the end of the world, but you guys had to face it. He didn't want to leave that locker room. He just wanted to stay in that stool and just stay there because he knows, you know, come Monday, he won't have a locker anymore. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, 41 and a half. I'm going to go under uh, the weather conditions. I think, you know, it's ground and pound type game uh, for the Giants players. What I guess what I would say prediction wise or what I would <laughs> say if I'm Brian Dable, you got to go out and get yours. Stay together as a team, but go out and get yours. You got Paul, you mentioned how many free agents are on this team. Let's say a Xavier McKinney interception or two interception game that now drives your dollars up. You know, like you said, it's pad stats. Uh, I love how you talked about Dexter Lawrence and Kayvon Thibodeau, uh, how they haven't had sacks against the Eagles. That it's it's just time for some guys to show that the Eagles, you know, we're not I don't want to necessarily say little brother anymore, but if you're a core guy that's going to be back, you got to let the Eagles know for next year that I'm here, I'm still going to be here and uh you're going to have to face me. So, in terms of Sterling Shepard, always been in my first year with Giants TV, he was a rookie. Every time I needed any sort of uh, interview or something, Young Shep was what he called himself. He'd sing, he'd dance, all that stuff. He was a great guy, always a great guy. And when I told him that I was having the birth of my first child, dapped me up, gave me a hug, and told me to get some sleep. So I always appreciate that. I always appreciate everything that he's done, uh, not only for just you know me and stuff, but for the organization as well. Tynes, uh, for, total points, 41 and a half and then kick us home 41 and a half hell no this game's gonna be like 16 to 5 something ridiculously ugly and nasty bad weather no score i want to use my time here at the very end to thank people and mm-hmm. people on this show emma kate austin our producer thank you jeff stansbury our producer thank you and paul schwartz people overlook you paul but the miles traveled the hours you put in the pen to paper. We appreciate you. I really do. I, I don't think people really understand what the hell you do, but it's not easy staying in hotels and getting up at 6 a.m. and flying back to catch meetings. So thank you. Brandon, you keep kicking ass at this job. You're getting better and better and better. Uh, second best looking guy on the show. That's okay. Um, <laughs> but you're doing a great job. But Jake Brown, Andrew Hartz, Mason Verdicchio, we call him the intern. Um, seriously, uh, I know I'm having fun here, but Thank you guys for for doing this. Without you guys, we don't have a show. Um, So I want to spend time talking about the people that matter this week. It's not the players. Hell, they suck. Uh, It's about us and our show and what we've done and what we've built here. And the fans, thank you guys for commenting, good and bad. Uh, We like all of them. And uh, keep watching. So we appreciate you guys. And uh, thank you for all your work you do behind the scenes, making this show awesome. Yeah, I mean, there's been times where I've been walking around during the in-game MC stuff and, and people will come up and be like, hey, you and Tynes need to lay off of uh, Paul a little bit more. Tell Tynes in London, stop being, or tell Tynes, you and Tynes, stop being haters or something. So people are watching, people are commenting, and people are showing love. And we uh, obviously thank you guys for this entire year. Make sure you guys check out the Blue Rush post-game podcast, which is going to air on Monday. We'll break down the game and we're going to look ahead to the offseason as well. Well, we may even talk a little bit of playoff action as well. Playoffs, huge thanks to the folks behind the scenes, like Paul said, I mean, like like Tyne said, and uh, thank you guys for your hard work. For Paul Schwartz, Lawrence Tynes, Brendan London, the entire Blue Rush production crew, Happy New Year. Thanks for watching, and we're going to see you guys again on Monday.